Welcome to the Goracom podcast, where investors discover great small cap companies. Thank you for taking Agoracom with you and make sure to follow our podcast. Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Goracom, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives after they put up port news. With us today for the first time ever is going to be Neil Sweeney. He's the CEO of Reclaim, trades in Canada under my ID. You're going to love that symbol when you hear what we're talking about. And in the U.S., my IDF. For those new to the story, and that's going to be a lot of you because you've seen the headlines, to understand Reclaim, you first have to understand that the $400 billion global private data industry is going through what I call, in my words, a paradigm-shifting protection cycle. And that's due to big tech companies are reducing access to data that the industry depends on. Global government regulations are now forcing platforms. We've seen the rules. You've seen the headlines like Facebook and Twitter uh, and brands and data companies to protect consumer data privacy. Why? You've probably seen those headlines too. For years, our data, consumer data, has been amalgamated and sold without any limitations, without our knowledge. Everyone's making the money and we don't even know what's happening. Enter Reclaim. This is the solution. They're creating a fair trade market where consumers can represent, represent themselves or ourselves in how our data is used. They're the only company in the world providing consumers with access to their data. We're going to learn about that. And the only company in the world providing consumers with a weekly guaranteed paycheck. So if I've got your interest, now you got to hear the highlights. They're not just talking the talk. They're walking the talk. They're walking the walk. Future revenue, $645,000, up 277% over, over the year before. Q1 revenue was about $400,000. So they're already over six, they're already over seven digits in annual revenue. Recurring revenue was 85%. What small capital investor doesn't love to hear that? Their balance sheet up to about $1.1 million in cash. They added 33 new B2B clients uh, and they increased the number of the new customers by 63%. And customers, how about these guys? Microsoft, T-Mobile, Hewlett Packard, HP, Hasbro, Amtrak, UPS, and way more. Now you know why insiders own 34% of the company. Neil, welcome to the show, my friend. George, that was pretty good intro. Like you've got a future at Reclaim if this if this small cap thing doesn't work out for you. Well done on the intro. Most people don't get all the, the nuances of what we're doing, but uh, glad to be here. Um, love the passion. Um, happy to talk to you and your crew about uh, what we're doing at Reclaim, I think. You know, look, we're all consumers before we're investors. So this is a story that I think, you know, every consumer can understand first and foremost as an individual and then how they can actually apply that to sort of their capital markets and their investing strategy. You know, I think it checks a lot of a lot of boxes for them. And thanks for the kind words. But I got to tell you, I'm not just saying it. It's a lot easier to do these intros when you got great info to go from. I didn't have to stretch and try and find a good story. You guys are delivering all fronts. So first question. You're going to allow me to protect my, my personal private data and send me a check. Explain how that works. Well, I mean, again, to sort of go back to that narrative of that we're all consumers first, like let's just sort of lay the groundwork here. Um, so you would acknowledge that as a consumer, you had a data profile, correct? Of course. You would acknowledge that companies are collecting that data, that data profile and using it to power their businesses or make their decisions, correct? Absolutely. 
Okay. So if you look at companies like Facebook and others, they literally report out in their, in their quarterly filings, the ARPU or the average revenue per user, which is exactly how much money they made from selling your data, um, you know, to other brands. So, you know, the gap in the market right now, and, you know, kind of using that, using what you were saying before is that the, the multi-billion or the $500 billion data market is going through a paradigm shift, is going through one of simplistically that doesn't have compliance to one that requires consumer inclusion. Um, the consumer's never been included in this conversation, ever. What we're doing at- yeah, we're, we're happy posting pictures of Facebook and saying, do whatever you want with my data, but now we know it's so lucrative, we gotta be part of that conversation. Yeah, I think it, 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 the intention here is really is in, it is to is to provide consumers a seat at the table as it relates to decisions around their data. And while that seems natural, democratic, ethical, fair, intuitive, it's non-existent. So we're the only company in the world today that is providing a consumer an ability to come to a platform. Think of it as a portal. You come to a platform, you validate who you say you are, and ta-da, we unveil all the data that is like uh, uh, all the data that's currently circulating in the market. Unbelievable, man. So, you know, I think there's, I think the intention here is um, we, we feel that you, you should have right access and optionality around your data. That's something that doesn't exist today. It's something that big technology companies and data companies do not want to educate you as a consumer on. Definitely not. Uh, we believe that that's not the future. We believe that um, consumers should be involved in the decision making around their data. And, you know, the reality is, is that data has value. So in its most primal sense, yeah, there's cash value associated to that. So why should a third party data broker who you've never heard of make thousands or millions of dollars off of selling, you know, yours and your friend's data and you get nothing? Shouldn't you be the individual that's participating in that? It's not dissimilar to how, well, why would Bieber put a song on Spotify if he right. wasn't? get a royalty but this there is there is an exchange of data today with no independent royalty to the consumer reclaim is a portal to allow you to access your data but provide a paycheck or a royalty royalty to you for the use of that data and you know if you choose to not want to share your data you can pick and choose what you want to share and what you don't want to share um, it seems very simple um, obviously on the surface building the technology, architecture, et cetera, around that. This is big data. It's oh, I can't imagine what that was like. But you're right. You make it sound so simple because I think all of us, if you've been a, if a guy, you know, if a lot of us adults who have been on social media, every once in a while we see these posts, you know, people put up these boilerplates, say, Facebook, this is my notice to you not to use my data. And we know it's a farce, right? But we all know it's a problem, but we've never had a clue what to do about it. We just figured, all right, it's a problem, but okay, there's nothing I can do about it. I'll just keep going. So I love the fact that you guys have a solution. Like you said, I can go into a portal, find myself, verify it's me, and then say, all right, I allow you, I allow you to use all my data or some of my data or none of my data. And depending on that, I'm going to get either the benefit of money or the benefit of nobody's got my data. And I like what you said there. And I wonder if I can say this, but it sounds like you guys might be the Spotify of personal consumer data. If you want to play George's data, here it is, but you got to pay him a royalty uh, every time. So question, you're well beyond concept because a lot of people might say, okay, good idea, Neil, but how are you going to, you've done over a million dollars in revenue just in the first half of the year. How are you generating that revenue? Is that just coming in from consumers or you've, you've also got a B2B side? 
Yeah, I mean, so, you know, using your analogy of sort of Spotify, you know, you can kind of, you can draw a parallel there. You know, we're the Airbnb or the Uber of consumer data. That's what we are. So as your, as your customers or your, your subscribers can appreciate, Airbnb doesn't own any cottages or condos. They facilitate the renting of that cottage from the owner to the individual that wants to rent that. And in doing so, they, they take a commission. Uh, Uber does the same thing. They don't own any... Right. Toyotas, they facilitate a driver and a rider kind of creating a transaction. That's exactly what we do here. Uber doesn't own any cars. Airbnb doesn't own any condos. We don't own any data. Why? Because the consumer owns the data. We are helping the consumer facilitate the interaction and sale of that data with, it, with, with the buyer. And so you're ultimately buying data directly from the individual consumer. So how do we make money? We make money off every transaction, not dissimilar to a visa, not dissimilar to an Uber, not dissimilar to an Airbnb. Right. Again, the more data we sell, the more money we make. So this is a $500 billion market. This is Reclaim. You can do the math. It's, this, is, this is not a ho-hum lifestyle business. This business, this industry is in the, is in the middle of a massive pivot due to privacy changes and everything else that we talked about. Um, and ultimately people are gonna be looking for suppliers that can provide high fidelity compliant data. We think that you know, Reclaim is the best in class in providing that. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the growth. The press release that you put out just the other day, and paraphrasing, you, you've announced your M&A plans. Now, this isn't just, you're gonna try and sign up more people like George, a couple more businesses. You've announced a specific M&A plans. You're targeting over 500 data brokers that are essentially they're at risk of being non-compliant and losing their business or being insolvent due to these new privacy laws, these data privacy laws. So what kind of supercharge do you expect that to provide to Reclaim's growth? And why would a data broker, you know, merge or be acquired by Reclaim? Why, why would they actually do that? Yeah, so, I mean, maybe this is controversial, but I'm known to be controversial. So I say it anyway, but uh, like I look at the 500 data brokers that are operating in California. Um, none of them have an on-ramp to actually maintain consumer compliance. None of your subscribers have ever heard of any one of these individual data brokers. Every single one of them has your data and every single one of them is selling it today. How does that make you feel? Not good. I can assure you. So the issue is, is that the, the state of California has changed its privacy law. And like, again, we won't get into the privacy law nuances because everybody will fall asleep, but net net, you have to actually have direct consent from consumers and you have to be notifying them when you're using your data. The problem with data brokers is- Man, that blows up their business model because now they got to find George and get my permission. That blows up their model. Yeah, so look, if you don't have an ability or you know a front end or a UX or an on-ramp to actually manage interaction with the consumer, how do you remain compliant? That's your first question. I believe you can't. And as a consequence of that, that inherently means that you are carrying uh, not unconsented data. One, I don't think you're going to be able. You're, you're no Fortune 500 in the com, in the no Fortune 500 company in the world is going to buy unconsented data in the future. Why? Because they're just ingesting liability. Nobody's doing that. Right. So you know. The, so before, just to be able to get people to understand at home, before Georgecom data, I've got this massive database, and Facebook or Oracle or somebody would come to me and say, hey. What do you got? I don't know. In males over between the ages of forty and fifty, and they say, "Here you go as a transaction." But they're not doing that anymore because it's it's all un, unconsented. 
Yeah, I mean, you have sort of two markets. You have like the Facebooks and the Googles of the world, which are sort of pseudo walled gardens. They they generate data from their users, but they try to keep it inside of their ecosystems. But then you have these other you know companies who you know are not walled gardens, and they're trying to collect as much data on consumers, and then they're arbitraging, which is you know I'm getting you know X amount of data from you know 50 million users, and then I'm trying to sell it for different pieces of, of money, uh, different pieces of, of money. So net net of this, all it means is that. Um, we just don't believe that as a, that the data broker model is 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 a model that is going to scale or remain solvent in the future. And so the question for these individual companies is is that um, how do you expect to remain compliant and or solvent in the future if you don't have a solution to that? You should be you should be bringing your clients to Reclaim because Reclaim has a communication directly with the consumer. So your 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 third party unconsented data becomes first party consented data, and you can remain sort of solvent in the future. I think you know the position is quite simple. Is we think that there's 500 data brokers for sale. We think that there's one company willing to buy them. So we have a lot of pricing power as it relates to that. And you know, simplistically, it's uh, I would suggest you partner with us now because the price is going to get cheaper um, as time goes on, and we might not be interested, you know, in the future. Uh, so. I think the the plan here is that you know we're trying to get bigger um, as a company. The organic growth of this business, as you mentioned, is quite strong. You know the clientele that we have is quite strong. Um, we need to be we we want to be a bigger company. We want to be the definitive default brand known in the space. The, the bigger we get, the more awareness we get. The more awareness we get, the more consumers we get. The more consumers we get, the more data we get. It just gets exponential, right? It just gets exponential. Self-fulfilling. So, you know, the last two years, we, you know, we've really built kind of like this infrastructure to satisfy all this this data that sits inside our ecosystem. You know, we could we could put, you know, a dozen data brokers inside of what we're doing today and not really have any additional capex and just sort of have it as a big margin play. So. There's a roll up here. This this industry is ripe for a roll up, um, and we think we can be the company that does it. So I think, um, you know, taking our organic growth and supplementing it with some strategic, you know, M and A um, to to improve our margin, improve our cash flow, improve our top line. I mean, that's a roll up story, and that's a growth story that you know most people can get their head wrapped around. And that's what I love about it because if it was just the organic side and there's no M and A, it's a fantastic business with great prospects for growth and success, just because you got the tailwind of consumers want to protect your dynasty and the laws and you'd have a great, but then you got the M&A on top of that. That to me is like an accelerant, it's jet fuel. Question for you. I know it might be early because you just put out this press release just the other day. Um, what does the pipeline look like, if at all? What kind of response are you getting from Georgecom data brokerage in California and ABC data brokerage? Have you gotten, a feel for how these data, because they can't be happy about it, but at the same time, they don't have much of an option uh, other, than high, other than holding on to a dying model to the last day and then shutting their doors. So uh, what I, is the sentiment so far, or is it too early? No, it's not too early, but again, like you're dealing with entrepreneurs who are inherently not the most rational people on the planet. I can say that because I'm one of them, but like, I, you know, ultimately when you call these people, and this is an incestuous business, everybody knows everybody. So you know, I've been doing this for 20 years. It's not like I'm some random guy that nobody's kind of ever heard of. I've been building yeah. companies in this space for a long time. So when I call them, it's how's business? What's going on? What's the future? What's your plan for, you know, you saw Oracle get hit with a $5 billion class action lawsuit in the state of California. You've got 
Cochava, this massive location provider being, you know, sued by the FCC. Like you've got Sephora getting hammered for privacy legislation or privacy infractions in California. I'm like Sephora, Cochava, Oracle, if these massive companies are getting yep. dinged litigation, why are you precluded from that? And what's your plan around that? I mean, it's look, only a matter of time till they get to you because they're going for the biggest guys first, but they're coming to Georgecom data sooner or later. It comes both ways. First of all, yes, they're exposed in relation to that. But the second part is it, it just, you think every Fortune 500 company sees that, you know, that, com that comment around Sephora getting fined by the, Cal the state of California. And it makes them think twice about, well, wait a minute, what are we doing on the data side? And yeah. probably need to make sure that we're actually working with compliance. Right. That's good for me. That's bad for the broker. So, right, because now Fortune 500 Co. says, hey, don't buy any more data from George from Georgecom data unless we can confirm that's consented data. If it's not, it's not worth it because for the little money we're going to make on that or the a lot of money we're going to make on we're going to get a lawsuit that's 10 times bigger than that, right? And, and not to mention, you know, sort of the negative PR associated to it. So, you know, I think it's the combination of, um, call it sticker shock, where, you know, the Fortune 500 does not want to be featured in the Wall Street Journal buying unconsented data from a broker. They just don't. It's just bad. It's just a bad look. It combines with the fact that, you know, due to the changes that, that have been happening with the privacy legislation, that's now manifested in the decision-making of these various different technology firms like Apple and Google. Like, uh, like a number of your subscribers will be, Apple, will be Apple users. And I often use this as an example where if you have an Apple phone and you open an application, you're presented with a modal window that asks you if you'd like application A to track you on third-party applications. We've all been presented with that. The answer is 90% of consumers say no. So, okay, now here's the rub. You have a $500 billion market that requires you to say yes, but when presented with you know, an, an option to say yes or no, 90% of people say no. Isn't that indicative of the fact that like this market is sort of on a collision course with sort of privacy and compliance? So you've had this privacy legislation manifesting in changes in product, which is increasing consumer awareness, which is now leading to litigation. One, those are the four horsemen of data privacy. And they're kind of, they're all working in unison with one another, all accelerating into a much larger wave that, you know, net net is not only does the Fortune 500 company not want to buy compliant data, because changes are being made amongst the biggest technology companies in the world, like Apple and Google, the amount of data available in the market is going to shrink dramatically. So what happens when you cut off the Nord Stream pipeline in Europe? There's less oil and less gas, the price goes through the roof. Well, what happens when you cut off the supply of data? A, the price goes up, B, you gotta find a new supplier, and then you add in the fact that it needs to be compliant. There's only how many companies that can even satisfy that. Doesn't so- sound like a lot. Well, yeah, I think like we're, we're very well positioned for all of these changes that are taking place in the market. And I think what you know, we've proven over a, you know, over a relatively short period of time is you, know, you rift through the Fortune 500. This is not Joe's hot dog stand. This is the biggest companies in the world evaluating reclaim, evaluating the reclaim data, making a decision to buy the reclaim data at the expense of somebody else. Every dollar that comes into reclaim is being taken away from somebody else that does not have the same level of compliance and consent that we have. That is the market share shift that is coming. So we are slowly but surely pulling more and more dollars and data um, you know, towards the individual consumer and away from these aggregators. And we think that, you know, ultimately we've, we've demonstrated that we can do it. We've demonstrated that we can do it with the Fortune 500. 
We've got 15 of the biggest enterprise data companies in the world who've done a similar analysis, a similar evaluation, and put the reclaimed data on our shelf to expose to all of their clients. Like this is not trivial stuff that you just roll out of bed and kind you of- You Microsoft, T-Mobile, HP, all these guys, there's a reason why you've got them as clients. Yeah, and our data, we've also done deals with guys like TransUnion where our data sits inside a TransUnion and is exposed to the entire TransUnion universe. And where our data sits inside a LiveRamp and it's exposed to the entire LiveRamp universe. Each of these platforms represents a thousand plus clients. So, you know, it's no, it's not dissimilar to if 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 we were selling coffee. If your coffee is distributed in Costco and then it's in Sam's Club and then it's in Walmart, inherently the more shelf space you have, the more sales you're going to get. We've got 15 different types of Costco, so our shelf space is getting. We're getting more and more shelf space to get in front of more and more Fortune 500 clients. That in combination with us returning and bringing in the brands directly is what's driving the revenue. Um, but this but, almost sounds like you're fastly becoming the Forrest Gump of, of your industry. Because, you know, Forrest Gump, for everyone who saw the movie, all the other shrimping boats uh, got, got trashed in the hurricane. Uh, Forrest was left. And that's why the shrimping boats became you know, Forrest Gump, Shrimp Company, whatever it became. But not to make light of it, but it sounds like that's what's happening to you, that everybody's running loose and fast and making big money and growing and doing all that. Reclaim is doing it the right way. So you obviously don't have the tens of millions of dollars of revenues yet. But now, now everything's coming to Reclaim. The, the, the whole market is shifting in your, in your direction. So has the company ever been more strong? Or has yeah. the company ever been more bullish? I'm talking operational, not stock. Op, uh, operationally, has that been more bullish than it is today? Well, I think, you know, like this, this isn't a concept, right? Like, so this oh. is a concept. Like, when you build companies, you got to generate the first dollar. That's hard. Generating the first million dollars for a company is really, really challenging. Um, once you generate a million dollars a year, you want to generate, then move to a million a quarter, then a million a month, then a million a week, then a million a day. That's how you build companies. Right. So like the way you sort of build the structure and the architecture is to sort of satisfy that. As a company, we're pretty small, but we've demonstrated an ability to generate a million dollars in revenue from Fortune 500 companies in the biggest shark tank in the world, which is the United States. Like most people can't even do that. So, I mean, I think from a concept point of view, from a business model point of view, look, these guys, you're not getting Microsoft, Hasbro, all these various brands if you don't know what you're doing. So yeah, I would say that the company is is the company has a has better line of sight on what the size of the opportunity is. I've been saying the same thing for two or three years, but what I believe two or three years ago is manifesting. And this is another thing. Again, most of your use, your viewers don't have, don't have exposure to me, but you know I've been building companies in this space for a while, and there's a history that I have here, which is I build my next company inside of the company that I have. And so Reclaim was built in my last company. That company was built inside of my last company. And the company before that was built inside of that. All of them sold, all of them scaled, all of them were commercialized. So the point is, is that Unbelievable. We're, we're really good at kind of seeing where things are going. Here's another nugget. What do you think the type of company that I had was prior to this? It was a big data company that was focused on location data and did not have the explicit consent from consumers. And I'm like, this thing is going to go to zero. There's no way that this market is going to continue. We're selling this business to focus on the solution to this business. And, and, and the, the, is, 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 we're going to focus on the solution that this business and every business is going to need. So we're not kind of coming at this from the outside. 
We're developing a solution to a problem from the inside out. We built Reclaim as a business to solve the main problem of our last business and realized, no, no, no. Not only is this a problem for this business, it's a problem for everybody. everybody. Out with the old business, all in on this business. This is way bigger. That's Damn, Neil, that's awesome, man. I love that energy. You had the you had the where you had the the guts to make the call, sell it. I'm sure you probably had a lot of friction and pushback from your board or partners or whoever you had in the previous business, but you convinced them. And clearly now you made the right call because the lawsuits are flying. Uh, Facebook and Google are changing the business models as a result of it. So, so this is happening, right? How does how does Q3? And I know this is short term, but how are Q3 and Q4 looking? And how's, you know, or, or, or 2023, if you want to talk about that, how are, how are they shaping up so far? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the revenue and the growth of the business continues to grow. I think like where we've been really focused, um, you know, this quarter and last quarter is we've been sort of accelerating this move to a neutral position and neutral meaning like we saw before kind of the Ukraine, Russia stuff that we felt that things were going to get tougher. And so we'd spent a lot of time building the structure and the infrastructure of the business. And again, if you go back and watch any interviews with me, you'll hear me always say, look, I've been doing this for a while. You need to build, you need to build scale and distribution before you can drive revenue. And if you don't do them in that order, you will cap your revenue. Scale and distribution is incredibly difficult to do, but once you do it, you have an unlimited ability to drive revenue. We've done scale, we've done distribution, now we're driving revenue. But while we're driving revenue, we've been stripping the cost out of this business where, you know, again, we've been, we've been signaling to the market for the last six or seven months, we're done on the CapEx build. It's all streamlining for here. It's no different than any sort of logistical operational challenge where you, you mainline it. You can, can, can continue to drive efficiency through that. Any product, person, process, or brand, or client that was not productive, was not going to scale, gone, out. It's got to go. We got to streamline this thing, improve the margin, grow the top line. So where did we land? Well, we had our best quarter ever in Q2. But simultaneous to that, we grew margin 44% in a 90-day period. In a six-month period, we grew margin 100%. So, and you've stripped hundreds of thousands of dollars of cost out of this business. So you've got a triple-digit growing top line, basically a cash neutral, like not burning cash in a massive $500 billion market where we think we're the lead dog. So it's a good story. It's all about execution for sure. But I think whereas we've been demonstrating to the market you know, for, for quite some time that uh, we continue to add more brands, we continue to add more distribution, we continue to drive more revenue, you know, the profitability of this business is where it is, you know, we're trying to get bigger. I mean, that's- Well, well you're up 277% revenue over the same quarter last year. Uh, well, the number I like is you're up 65% sequentially yeah. over Q1. Yeah. Sequential I mean, growth to me is the one that I look at and amazes me because not a lot of people can achieve that. So I mean, look, you guys aren't just talking the talk, you're walking the walk because you're, you're yeah. delivering the numbers, you're delivering the product, you got the tier one guys. I mean, Neil, this is, a, this is a fantastic business. I'm so glad that we're hearing about it for the first time and able to start getting the story up for the first time because your passion is backed by your results. A lot of passionate company owners out there that don't have the results, but one day I'm Georgecom widgets are going to be the number one widget company in the world. And okay, you expect the passion. But you're backing up, my friend, with numbers, clients, growth, uh, you know, and, I, and tier one clients. And I love the M&A growth plan 
I think we're going to have a lot to talk about in the coming weeks and months for everybody to really, really catch on to the story, my friend. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate the chat and always happy to talk about the world of data privacy and what we're doing here at Reclaim. Hey, well, I want to make sure I get signed up and start getting those weekly paychecks because my data has got to be worth big money. But, uh, but uh, by the way, if anyone watching or listening, what is the website they go to if, if they actually want to go through the process of finding themselves, verifying themselves, and you know, deciding what they want to do with their data? Yeah, I mean, you can go online. It's at reclaimyours.com. Reclaim is with a K. So as you can see in the, uh, yeah. in the, the image in the background here, um, you can also just go to the App Store on Google or Android, type in Reclaim and just download the application. Um, go in, put in any email address or phone number. You'll have to verify you know, that you are the owner of that phone number or email address. And when we do, of course. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll unveil the data that's currently available on you in the market and then give you the opportunity to to share it and be compensated or to sign up for privacy tools to protect it. Our job is to give you access to your data and then get the hell out of the way and let you do what you want to do with it. That's our job. Buddy, uh, the numbers tell me you're doing that job pretty well right now. Can't wait to see Q3. Can't wait to see Q4. Can't wait to see 2023 and how this M&A strategy works out. But thanks for being here today because it's such a big story. And I wanted to make sure everyone had a really good first piece of information, that first you know, foundational knowledge of what Reclaim is, and man, you delivered. Anytime, my friend, anytime. To everybody at home, you've been watching or you've been listening by podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, your favorite podcast platform. To Neil Sweeney, he's the CEO of Reclaim Trades in Canada. Now you know why I love the symbol, MyID, M-Y-I-D. And for our friends in the U.S., MyIDF. So again, M-Y-I-D-F. For those of you to the story, that's going to be almost all of you. The way you do, you, you, you do your due diligence, get to the company's profile page on Agoracom. We've got the story neatly laid out because this isn't just your typical bricks and mortar story. So we've got it nicely laid out for you to understand the business model and all the things you need to know. And then once you're done with that, get over to the Reclaim website, to your deep dive due diligence. And hopefully today you discovered your next amazing small cap disruptive tech company. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. See you next time. Hey guys, this podcast is over. Don't forget to help your company by liking it or even leaving a comment. And then, don't forget to help yourself by following us on Spotify, Google, Apple, or on your favorite podcast platform so you will never miss another one great Agora Gomez Small Cap Podcast.